Hey, it's John from CityCast. If you're in the mood to pamper yourself a little bit this week while supporting cruelty-free products, you should check out Bone Cur Home and Wellness. It's the best place in Portland to find everything from chic home decor to cannabis accessories. They've got a curated collection of vegan and cruelty-free home goods and wellness products because their name is French for kind heart, after all. You'll get a 20% discount on your first order when you sign up for emails this week at boncoeur.net. That's B-O-N-C-O-E-U-R.net. And use the code BONCOEURCITYCAST20. Portland has recently seen a significant drop in cycling, our city still has the highest number of bike commuters in the country. But with 43 traffic fatalities this year and 70 last year, many cyclists say riding around has felt more dangerous than ever. So today on CityCast Portland, we're talking with Bike Portland editor Jonathan Moss. He's going to be giving us some tips on how we can all, drivers and pedestrians included, stay safe out in these streets. It's Tuesday, August 15th. I'm Claudia Meza, and this is what Portland's talking about. Jonathan, thank you so much for making time for us today. You're welcome. Good to be here. You know, we've had a few rider deaths shake the biking community in the past few years. As an active cyclist yourself, like, have you noticed commuting by bike getting more dangerous in Portland? Well, I'm... I'm maybe not the best person to judge relative like road safety because I'm, I hear about all the terrible things that happen so often. I mean, almost a week doesn't go by that I don't hear about a bad crash someone saw or a crash someone was in or something like that. So I've become sort of scared straight, right? Like I'm hypervigilant <laughs> when I'm out there. So I, I see bad behaviors by some people out there, but you know, in terms of my personal experience, it doesn't feel a lot more dangerous. But I think it is safe to say that it has gotten more dangerous uh, for the vast majority of people. Uh, I don't want to get involved in like a blame game, but, you know, I think we do have to name the issues here around, you know, people are driving way worse <laughs> since really since COVID. Right. But it's been a perfect storm of uh, a lot of different things. But I, I think a lot of the stuff, uh, the the divisiveness and the polarization we see in other parts of of people's lives. Right. And just in, in America in general right now. That doesn't end when people get behind the wheel of their car. And I think in order to have safe roads and a good, strong traffic culture, people need to respect each other, right? People who are different. So if you're in a big truck or a, a little bike, those two people have to have mutual respect or things can go terribly wrong. And as probably everybody listening knows, you know, the amount of respect for strangers, let's say, and people that are doing things that are look different or acting different than you are is the level of respect is, is, is at a pretty low level. So that really concerns me. And just, you know, statistically, uh, thank God there has not been any cycling deaths this year. Uh, but, you know, the rates are still super high. I mean, we had a record amount of people killed on Portland roads uh, in July with 13. Uh, it, it's just been really terrible. And I think as bicycle riders, we're so vulnerable that anytime there's a death or a big crash on the road, uh, bicycle riders feel it, you know, it's just like a visceral reaction. I never thought of that being an issue. I never thought like that car drivers would be like, I'm in a car. I'm not a bicyclist just because in Portland, so many people ride bikes and also drive and they kind of know, you know, to switch back and forth. 
there's an understanding that like, hey, tomorrow that could be me. So I, I always thought it was more like distracted drivers or people that are new to Portland. But this polarization of just identity, that's never come to my uh, head like, oh, I'm a truck driver, so I hate bicyclists. So you're saying that's a thing? Absolutely. I mean, I think it, not to not to overstate it, the other things you mentioned are also really important things, you know, distracted driving and speeding and just general lawlessness that's going on out there. People think that when they're driving and they've been told by the police bureau, unfortunately, there's been some bad messaging from the city of Portland that there's no traffic enforcement, right? Mm -hmm. So that's probably the last thing you want to tell drivers is that they're not going to get caught no matter what they do. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it, there's a lot of factors that go into the fact that I like to say our, our traffic culture is dysfunctional and, and it really needs an intervention. You know, bicycle riders are feeling that tension. Bicycle riders are feeling that increased danger. And, and you know, that, that really bears out in how people uh, understand safety. What are some other safety concerns you see while riding? Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's a lot of different things. Uh, a lot of drivers have tinted windows. It's not something a lot of people talk about a lot, mm -hmm. but, you know, people love to get their cars customized. And uh, I really get uh, concerned when I see tinted windows because communication between road users is absolutely essential mm -hmm. for safety. I have to be able to look in your eyes. I have to see your face. I have to see your body language to know how we're going to navigate a stop sign or intersection with no stop signs or whatever, right? So tinted windows are terrible. I wish, you know, people would be able to just get a ticket immediately with tinted windows. So that's dangerous. Um, there's a lot of bike lanes and a lot of roads that are just full of debris. Uh, the maintenance has really suffered. The city has not done a good job and the state and the county to some degree. And often what happens is drivers, uh, car tires, they whip up all the stuff from the general travel lanes and it all ends up on the side of the road. Guess where the side of the road, you know, that that's usually where bike lanes are, right? So that's really dangerous because that means that uh, people will swerve out of those uh, bike lanes to ride in the lane. So it's just bad. Um, there, there's still a lot of gaps in the bikeway network. It's still dangerous to cross a lot of the busy streets in Portland. I think there are way too many people still driving on what the city calls neighborhood greenways, which are streets where they're supposed to be prioritized for people bicycling and walking. Yeah, I don't think people get that, though. I think people who drive are just like, oh, so I watch out for bicyclists. Because, I mean, as a driver, you know, uh, I bike as well. But as a driver, I didn't know that you know, maybe you're not supposed to drive down there. Like, I know that it's a better route uh, to ride your bike, mm. but there's it's not written anywhere. Like, hey, wouldn't it be cool, though, if you didn't drive down here? When your GPS is telling you where to go, you're just like, ah, oh, this is where I'm going, you know? Yeah, I'd love to see a lot stronger design cues from the city to really let folks know what's happening there. I don't, th I mean, I'd love to have them be just a, a car-free network, you know, of, of only, you have to sort of live there. Maybe it's permitted traffic only and you have to have an address or something, but I don't think we'll ever get to that point. I think that something I like to see is just a no passing on those streets. Uh, the city actually advises that you go 15 miles per hour on the neighborhood greenway streets. When I say advising, that's because they have those yellow signs that say 15 miles per hour. That's what they hope you drive. And then the 20 mile per hour is obviously the, the maximum sort of legally. But yeah, there's way too many people that make close passes on those. Mm -hmm. uh, so that encourages, you know, a lot of bike riders will, you know, get over to the right and sort of weave in and out of like parked cars, which yeah. is, just makes it more dangerous. Like you're supposed to ride in the middle of those lanes on those streets. But I understand some people aren't, you know, they don't feel safe doing that, not confident enough. And I totally get that. Uh, but anyway, so... That's another thing um, in terms of things I see. There's a lot of what I call like zombie cars out in Portland, I feel like. Just uh, you, I can just spot them a mile away. Cars that are in just extreme disrepair. A lot of them like won't have a license plate. And there's people driving them just like in all manner of like 
just not with, with not great behavior. I'll just put it that way. And those kind of cars really, really scare me because I feel like maybe they're stolen. I don't know, but there's, there's these cars driving around that are just like, man, those things, uh, something bad's going to happen. They're going to hit somebody or something and it's not going to end well. So yeah, unfortunately, you know, there's, there's some bad looking stuff out there, but, um, there's still a lot of people riding every day that are having a really good time and it's still an awesome way to get around the city. All right, well, let's take a quick break here. And when we return, how to plan a safer route for when you're bicycling. So how can bicyclists find the safest routes to get around? Like, what do you recommend? We have this amazing neighborhood greenway system. You know, it's well over 100 miles of a network. It's they're basically paralleling all the main sort of like commercial districts and bigger streets. Uh, look for the streets that have the bike symbol with the three little arrows on top. Those are called sharrows. Those are shared lane markings. Those are the streets where the city of Portland has said, this is where you're going to be the most safest traveling through town. So that's really how I would look for routes. And if you if you can't find a route on one of those neighborhood greenway streets, I would look for uh, as much separation of the bike route and the bike lane as you can from other lanes of traffic. So, uh, you know, there's sometimes just a painted buffer. Sometimes the city puts a row of parked cars between the bike lane and and where people are driving. So try to find streets that have the most separation between where you'd ride your bike and where people are driving because separating people in space is like the number one way to stay safe out there. Uh, And there's still, we still have roads that are really dangerous for for bicycle riders uh, with maybe just a standard bike lane that was, you know, striped in the 1990s and has never been updated where it's like just one little four or five inch strip of white paint separating you between you and the drivers. There are definitely some streets, you know, like like 82nd, like uh, Cesar Chavez, where there's no room whatsoever. The driving, you know, the lane comes right to the curb. Mm -hmm. And if you find yourself on there on a bike, that's going to be, that's going to be really tough. Those are kind of, there are some no-go zones. So yeah, look for the neighborhood Greenway streets. So stay off the bigger streets. And then uh, if you're on the bigger streets, look for either separation or low speeds. Are there any routes that are way too dangerous for bicyclists that you see bicyclists on? And you're like, I I get there's a bike lane there sort of, but maybe you shouldn't be here, buddy. Yeah. I mean, there's, unfortunately there are some routes like that. Sometimes that's really the only option though. Uh, I mean, even North Interstate down by the Willamette River, as you come up to North Portland and Mississippi area, you know, you got to go into that overpass near the Broadway Bridge and it's really narrow and you're like in a tunnel. Mm -hmm. And that just really sucks. That's a terrible place to ride a bike, although it's basically the only way to get, you know, to that location. So uh, that's unfortunate. And that's like I said before, it doesn't have separation and the speeds are relatively high and it has like a really old school bike lane that's never been updated, right? So there's those little choke points that it's like, you can't read as a bike rider in the city, you can't, some of them you can't really avoid. It's a matter of like mitigating the risk while you use them and being hyper vigilant as you go through them. Like I mentioned, Cesar Chavez, you know, there's going street. There's just some streets where you don't have anything to prove to anyone, just hop on the sidewalk, stay off roads like that. Uh, It's not, it's not going to go well, especially if they have, you know, 30, 35 mile an hour speed limit. it's, it's not a good scene. So it's always better to, you know, check the city bike map if you can. Uh, several years ago, we had a Portlander who just moved here and was riding on Lombard, uh, which is like Highway 30. Oh, no. Not a great place to ride a bike at all. 
Um, unfortunately, he got hit, uh, and it was it was it was really really sad, uh, was tragic for sure. Uh, and I remember you know talking to one of his roommates, and they're like, yeah, he just moved to town, and he worked up there, and he was just trying to get to work, and he'd never never looked at a map or anything. Just felt like, oh, that's the street I take, right? So yeah, a big thing, and I'm glad you you said this, Jonathan, because again, I'm thinking of the of the first time bikers or the people who are new mm-hmm. to town, uh, or just again people who've lived here forever but are maybe want to be better uh, at biking around. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's not a good thing to Google map your route as a car. Like, you know, when you drive, there's actually bike routes, which I think is really cool. But Google has like that little yeah. bike thing and it tries to find, you know, whatever the city has uh, deemed as a safer route. But are there any other apps, Jonathan, that you could think that we could link to maybe in the show notes that or any sites where people could plan their trips safer? Yeah, for sure. Uh, there's two really good ones that you should definitely link to and folks can like put them on their home screen on their phone. I mean, uh, Metro has a really, really good bike there map. Uh, it's excellent. I think I'm pretty sure you can still get like turn to turn directions on, you know, what are the bike routes? Um, I think what you said too about Google Maps, Google Maps, if you turn on the bicycling thing and, and say that you're traveling by bike, that's that's generally great. Uh, that's a good, that's a good resource. So, but I would also add the Metro bike there map, which is online. And also the city of Portland puts their map online. They have a website where it's like interactive and you can move around. They don't do directions on theirs, but it's certainly there. And you can like check where you're going and see, okay, where is the city saying is sort of the designated bike route to get there? Gotcha. Well, what about bike maintenance and security? Like what are three things you check for before heading out on a ride? So you know that you're not accidentally creating a hazard for yourself the first thing i look for well that's just hazard but like just in general it's like if my chain's making noise i lube it right i don't want to i don't want a chain to be making a bunch of noise uh that that's one thing you know not it's not that your chain's gonna break but a, a, a chain that's making a lot of noise is just not great uh and it's just not good for like karma so put some lube on there make it nice and quiet <laughs> karma i love it <laughs> yeah I mean, another thing too is like some folks, especially if that are newer to bicycling, forget that like uh, bike tires lose air just like naturally. Mm-hmm. So if it's been sitting for a couple of weeks or a month or whatever, it's going to be low. And if you hop on a bike with with low air pressure, it's going to like be really squirrely when you turn. It's going to make you probably get a flat, right? So those are things that can be pretty dicey. I mean, if it makes you bobble and wobble, uh, if you had to like move out of way of a pothole or something, you could you could crash or whatever. So make sure your tires are pumped up. I definitely look at that. The big thing too that I really believe in in terms of hopping on my bike is I'm making sure that like I have a really good bell on there. I don't think people talk about using a bell enough. Like I'm a huge bell lever. <laughs> oh Just no, you that. did it. <laughs> oh my God. I can't believe I never thought of that till right now. Really? That's fun. Okay. I just, I, yeah, I have, I was writing this a little bit of notes here. I was like, I'm a bell believer. And then I just realized bell lever anyways. Okay. So yeah, get a bell for sure. Uh, and don't be afraid to use it. Like I use my bell all the time when I'm, when I'm passing other bike riders or pedestrians, I feel like as, yeah, absolutely. as a person who's, you know, just been walking around, it is so appreciated rather than you zipping by someone because you can scare the crap out of someone if you're going, especially like on the um, Esplanade. Holy moly. Totally. It's so rude. Yeah. <laughs> just, it's rude. It's just rude. I just can't fathom why people can blow by folks. Yeah, I'm past like that without without using a bell. And you could get hurt pretty bad. I mean, if you crash into a, a someone walking, they could get hurt too. Yeah. So yeah, I use my bell a lot. And if you pass people that like aren't in cars, like don't ring it super loud. Like that's the thing. Just kind of, you got to learn how to have like a, like a little feathery touch if you can. Yeah. Right? Just like a nice courtesy bell. I mean, if someone's turning in front of you in a car, ring the heck, heck out of that thing for sure. But, yeah. you know, there's no need to come right up on someone walking and just being like, ding, ding, like super loud. Like <laughs> that's just a jerk, jerk move. So yeah, no, I like the gentle tap, like ding, ding. 
Gentle tapping. Ding, ding. And you can practice yeah. it too before you really need it to make sure. Jonathan's going to make some uh, YouTube videos for everyone. Um, oh, I should. That's yeah. fun. Yeah, I should do that. Yeah. He's going to start his new channel, The Believers. Um, the Believers. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> okay, now let's let's talk about drivers because I think a lot, a lot more people listening probably drive than they commute via bike. Uh, what can drivers be doing better to ensure rider safety while sharing the road? Yeah. I know you said a few things, but like, what are some big ones? Uh, the big ones, put the phone down and slow down. That's like the biggest thing. You see it all the time. People are on their phones constantly and just slow down. Everything bad that's going to happen in, in a potential traffic collision is going to be less bad the slower you're going, right? Like it's a big difference if you're going 30 down like sort of a neighborhood street or if you're going 20. Even if you don't hit a person, the damage to your car will be pretty minor if you're going slower. Like just go slower. Your ability to react is going to be much better. You're not saving that much time. Just go slower. That's the biggest thing. Um, and yeah, I would say, you know, instead of passing bike riders closely, just slow down and go around because you don't know who's on that bike, how experienced they are, you know, what their threshold is to tolerate your close pass. You know, like folks can pass me really close and like, I'll just be like, yeah, whatever, dude, like, okay, I'll go talk to you at the, at the next light or something. But for some other folks that could just be super scary and it may make them crash or whatever. So yeah, don't pass closely. That's a huge, that's a huge thing as well. Um, yeah. And I just think, you know, chill out a little bit, you know, don't be so on edge uh, and don't assume that, you know, who's on that bike or that they're not like you. I mean, I think uh, I've been in positions where there's been a bike rider in front of me and, you know, I was kind of like, getting annoyed because they weren't like looking back at me and like, there wasn't much communication. I'm like, what's this person doing? Like they're all the way in the street, you know? And then I was like, I pull up next to him and like, obviously like I know the person who is on the bike, you know? So people, you never know who you might be passing. And I think that I'm sure folks have experienced when they do that, where they're like, you know, maybe they yelled at a biker and they realize it's like their next door neighbor or something. So it happens all the time. And I think it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Just be a civil, normal human and don't, don't turn into like this weird, I don't know, rage being. I am car. I am driver. Yeah. It's you annoy me. Yeah. Yeah. Don't let yourself be defined by your mode of transportation. <laughs> like it's literally just the thing I grabbed. Either I grab my keys or I grab my, my bike and, and head it out. Like it doesn't mean anything about who I am or what I believe. I'm literally just moving around the city just like you are. So chill out. Yeah. And if you've, you're parking your car, never just open your door randomly if you are parked along the street. Yeah. This is a city where a lot of people ride bikes and a lot of people walk around. So yeah, just be ready for it. Yeah. Watch your kids too. Cause sometimes it's, you know, little kids are just like, yeah, I'm outside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, any last minute uh, tips for bicyclists or drivers before we wrap it up? So another thing about choosing a route is like shade is your friend. Uh, like look for streets that are going to have as much shade as possible and you're going to be so much happier on your bike ride. That's a really good tip. Well, I hope this was helpful for people uh, hoping to get back on their bike or just move into town. Uh, maybe some veterans heard some new things. I don't know. Like, I don't know, maybe not yelling <laughs> at other people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. And have fun. You know, I feel like so much, so many times I do chats like this and it's where it's like the framing is like safety and people getting hurt and killed, or whatever. It's like, no way. It's like super fun right now. There's Pedalpalooza going on. There's tons of rides and great events and great places to meet people and just hang out on bikes. And it's super safe and everybody has a good time. So get out there and, and ride your bike. Thanks, Jonathan. Cool. Thank you, Claudia. And now for your microdose of news. 
Workers are planning a one-day strike at Powell's, the iconic Portland bookstore, on September 4th in advance of their next round of negotiations with the owners. Workers say they're asking for pay that exceeds minimum wage for starting workers and provides a living wage for those with more experience. Now, you can't see me right now, but I'm currently raising my fist in solidarity with these workers. And some good news for backpackers and really anyone without a car, there's going to be more buses connecting Portland to other parts of Oregon. Thanks to a new partnership between regional carrier Pacific Crest Bus Lines and national conglomerate Megabus, Portland is getting a new daily service to Bend, Sisters, and Salem. There will also be connections for smaller cities. For even more local news and events, sign up for our daily newsletter, Hey Portland. We'll throw a link in the show notes. That's all for today here on CityCast Portland. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to support the show, please share it with a friend, rate, or leave us a good review. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more from around the city. Until then, see you at Slim's. (laughs) 